0: Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriagepodcast.
1: Well, one of the things that I was so attracted to in my now wife, Dina, when we were first dating was her spontaneity. She would just, hey, let's go do this. Hey, let's do that. Hey. Now, to be fair, we don't have as much of that as uh, we used to, but just the other day it was something simple. We had uh, left somebody's house for a little gathering. And on the way home, she she said, go down this road. There was this adventurous, spontaneous part of Dina that wanted to go exploring out in the country. And we spent about 45 minutes just driving around. And it was very nice. Adventure kind of makes her come alive. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin, and they're in charge of our marriage team here at Focus on the Family. Greg, what are some things that attracted you to Erin early on?
2: Oh, she is one of the most passionate people that I know. And the things that that she likes and is interested in, is passionate about, it's infectious, I I would listen to her go on and on about certain things that I literally had no interest in, only to find myself thinking about those items or whatever she was talking about. She just I love that about her. She's so extroverted, loves people. That's such a, a cool quality. She has an amazing work ethic. Hmm. And I think you had what, like three jobs <laughs> oh in college, God. she had to pay your own way through and, and that just really spoke to me like, wow, man. She 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 is such a hard worker, and that's still true. And you probably didn't know this about my wife, Erin. She has a killer jump shot. Oh. So as a basketball player, she's a phenomenal outside shot. We used to go down to the park and take on guys And we would destroy them because I just feed her the ball and she wouldn't miss. It's unbelievable.
1: Well, we're going to hear now uh, a little bit more from Greg and Aaron. They were in the studio with Jim Daly and me talking about working together in marriage. Let's go ahead and listen in.
3: Let me ask you this. There's a scripture I love because I think, again, it's God's sense of humor. Uh, Genesis right there in 127, he says, uh, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created the male and female. He created them. What's your spin on this? Why did he do it this way?
2: Well, I, I love that verse. Even the very next verse down, I think it's in thirty-one that says, Then he looked over all that he had made and saw that it was very good. So here here's God who creates male and female so different. And then ends up saying, and that's a good thing. And I think that's one of the most important uh, realizations that we can make is that, you know, these differences that are probably going to frustrate us, irritate us, maybe be the basis for a lot of conflict, even for some couples who are splitting over irreconcilable differences. It, it The truth is, see, Satan wants us to believe that differences are the problem. God is saying what I created will never be the problem. The problem is, never differences. It's how people manage their differences. That's the problem. That's how we get in the way.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. And really these differences, they bring spice, they bring balance, they bring all kinds of beauty to our relationship because we're different. And that's a good thing, like Greg is saying, but it's all in how we manage those differences. Okay.
3: Let's talk about those differences. I mean, the Men Are From Mars famous book title, I think a Christian version of that was Men Are Like Waffles and Women Are Like Spaghetti. I didn't make that title up, so if you're offended by that, if you like waffles, that's not my fault. Uh, but what, More of a pancake guy myself. <laughs> there you go. What are they driving at, these differences? Describe them.
2: You know, for me, when I think about differences, I would say it this way, marriage is like being in a canoe. <laughs> of all my degrees, everything I've learned, that's how I would say it. Marriage is like being in a canoe, and this is what's important. Kate, think about before we were married, Aaron and I were in separate canoes and we'd go on dates and we'd kind of row up next to each other. And in life, you know, we're always rowing up to someone we can relate. But when we get married, when we become one, we're now in the same canoe. The problem is that every single little movement that she makes, every time that she leans one direction or does something, it throws me off balance as well. The threat is that somehow we're going to tip over. I would say differences are like those movements. All those differences that we have, gender, personality, all that, are like the movement to where when Erin is moving, it's threatening me. I'm afraid we're going to tip over. It's doing something to me. So then I have to try to control her, settle her down. Don't move. Stop doing that. Quit doing it like that. And more than anything that that I've learned is that marriage is like that canoe. We're in this canoe together. Outside of that, I mean, if, if I row up next to John Fuller, you know, and he's doing something I don't like, I can always push away and paddle back. But in a marriage, I can't do that. Hmm. So all those little movement, like those differences, really what it does is it, it, it feels like a threat. It's somehow making me feel unsafe, nervous. I don't like it. It's doing something to me. And so if we can just remember, we're in the same canoe, and that's a good thing. That's how God designed <laughs> well, it. As long as you're not beating it. each other with paddles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah.
3: uh, let me ask you this, though. the uh, You know, a lot of couples will experience this where... Uh, those differences are are so, they drive so much energy, so much angst, that they begin to go into the red zone, you know, where I would say communication shuts down. Um, How does a couple first recognize, you know, we're going to have differences, we're not the same person, and how do we keep out of the red zone, if I could call it that?
0: Well, you think about before you get married, I know we experienced this, there were so many of those differences that actually drew us together, that, you know, little quirks, things that he did, I thought were so cute and sweet. And
3: (laughs) And now they're irritating. Well,
0: amazing what happens. (laughs) Then you get into the same canoe. I like your analogy, Greg. And you get into the same canoe and, you know, they're no longer cute. They're threats. They're not like you. And so when you start seeing someone that's different, you know, especially as women, we just think a little tweak here, a little tweak there, and it'll be all good. Yeah. But think. Think about what it feels like when someone's trying to change you and control you. You're not being accepted. You're not being embraced for who God made you to be.
1: Well, Aaron, I love the canoe analogy. And uh, Jim brought up how our differences can kind of drive us into that red zone if we're not careful. Go ahead and speak to the couple who feels like there's no way that they can get past those walls that kind of happened in their relationship.
0: It's common that when someone has a wall up, that it feels so frustrating because you think about we are created to be connected, and when someone has a wall up, well we can't get to them, we can't connect. So often we try to bash that wall down and to get to them, but it's recognizing that never works, because whatever has caused them to go behind the wall, well then they're fearful, they're scared. And there's a different way to really try to reach them and connect with them. And really, it's just standing outside their wall and letting them know, hey, I'm here. I'm safe. Hmm. And I'm going to wait until you're ready to let that wall down so we can connect. But it's important to know what are they watching for? What are they waiting for you to do? And sometimes it's different than what you think it is. It's asking them, what would I be doing out here that would cause you to feel safe?
1: See, this is the thing I, I, I believe we were uh, guilty of assuming, and I wonder how many younger couples assume this as well. It's just going to be easy. The mm-hmm. conversation's going to flow naturally, and she's going to know what I'm thinking, and I'll know what she's thinking. And so we don't have to work at that. But actually, you do have to work at it.
2: You really do. And that's the beauty of marriage is that we uh, we want an attitude that says, we just want to keep growing and learning together. I remember early on in our marriage where I had made some, some poor choices. I won't get into the details, but in a way that really caused the walls to go up very high, very thick walls. And it was, it was a difficult season. Aaron just, just didn't feel safe with me. And I would get frustrated going, what is wrong with you? I've apologized, I've made changes, how long is this gonna go on? And, and like she was saying, I, I probably approached it exactly wrong because I tried to scale over the wall, I tried to <laughs> climb under it, so I tried to go through it, and it only made her feel more and more unsafe, hmm. less and less trusting of me. and And finally, she she kind of she probably didn't say these words, but the message was, "Please leave me alone and what happened to me was probably the best thing that could have happened, which I was forced to deal with me huh. when I stopped trying to to force Aaron to be open and instead said, "Okay, God, do the work in me um I made sure that that I was taking care of myself, I was growing, I was learning um i was no longer trying to 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 push past her walls in what was good is that i i it was a season where i really learned that i'm okay that that between me and the lord i i can stay you know full i can you know learn how to do certain things to really be well cared for and and i learned how to make sure that my heart stayed open to her because i think that's where people make the mistake is that i i you know i see the walls i don't like the walls i'm tired of the walls and they let their heart grow close yeah. in, in their love to, to grow cold. And and we usually tell people that's going to be your biggest battle. When you experience your spouse behind a wall, you're going to want to put the walls up. You're going to want to shut your your heart off. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what you have to battle. And, and that's why it's a, it's a great season of, of personal growth if you allow God to do that work, respecting the walls that are up, knowing that, hey— the more I grow and learn, the safer I'm going to become, the more likely those walls will come down anyway. Yeah.
1: Well, maybe you have some walls in your marriage and you need some help. Maybe your marriage is in a tough place. If uh, that's the case, get in touch with us, please. Um, our counseling team is a phone call away. They're so very good. And uh, we'll set up a time for a free phone consultation with you when you call 800-THE-LETTER-A-AND-THE-WORD-FAMILY. And for more great advice from Greg and Aaron... Uh, We'd love to recommend their book, The Wholehearted Wife. Uh, Greg's father, Gary, also contributed to that. So uh, it's got a lot of rich material. It's a great resource, uh, regardless of where you're at in your relationship. Make a donation today if you can, and we'll send that book to you as our thank you gift uh, for being a part of our support team. All the details are in the show notes. Next time, we'll talk to Pastor Ron Zappia and his wife, Judy, to uh, hear about ways to strengthen your marriage. For now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and our entire team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.